You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, hosted on the Line of Sight Podcast Network. Line of Sight is proud to host War Machine University, Brawl Machine, and Fallen Corvus, as well as numerous content creators like Field of Fire, Lightbringers, Brawler Bios, Vicarious Competition, Midnight Monpod, and Charge and Spike. You can find our content at loswarmachine.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 215 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Jaden. Hello. That's very weird to hear on the War Machine cast first, but okay. Yeah. Brett's here too. And my base. And his base. <laughs> base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We got hopefully but, hopefully the mics are working properly. Yeah. By popular demand, I got a new mic. Woohoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We're, we're gonna sound so good now. Yeah. Uh news. I get, does the list move to news? Uh yeah, actually I think it does. Okay. We, we restructured how this cast was going to work last minute because we're professionals. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Adapticon happened recently. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, we don't have the list publicized anywhere yet. But um, there was one list in particular that uh, Brett was excited about. And he said, I would hate it. So we were going to talk about it. So, yeah, I described it as uh, Strange Bedfellows as led by Harbinger. So uh, it's a pretty strong in, start. In, in neither of those factions. <laughs> yeah. yeah so That's what I confused me when you said that. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a scorn list. <laughs> and I think it I think it actually won the whole tournament. Um, it did, yeah. But I, would, but I was talking with, talking about it with Matt. Um, and it's, it sounds like it's just really fun uh, because... So it's Makeda 2 with every Ferox you can take plus the solo, mm-hmm. um, which I don't even think takes up like half your points anymore. Um, I think those no, are like 18 point two. units now or 17 or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So you take the guys that give them tough. You take some, I think, some Kreas to protect them from guns. Um, and you just <laughs> like, like, okay, well, I've got these 17, 19 tough, no knockdown. Uh, models and if you do manage to kill one um i'm gonna i'm gonna martyrdom it um and at which point you're like okay i'll just take a void archon void archons are still playable and like no 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 no. they threaten 19 inches (laughs) they help threaten the run-in entropic force (laughs) range (laughs) yeah yeah it sounds like a really fun list the thing that i love about his pairing is that it's paired with jalam Mm -hmm. and neither of his lists aren't exalted which is super fresh and interesting mm-hmm. yeah are they both masters of war i think i know the makeda one is i'm trying to yeah. remember what the jalam one was i i do think that i do like the list more knowing that it was paired with the coolest caster in school oh i know so. right yeah yeah Jalam's yeah. rules are sick and he is the most stylish sob in that entire faction so you're not wrong He's actually one of the only scorn models I still have. He's up on my my shelf because he's just so cool looking. I like you could really use him, him for Dungeons and Dragons. You could use him. Yeah, for he's like beautiful. Pretty he's, much he's one of the he's one of the coolest looking dudes in the entire game. He's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know Matt was always talking about how basically he would get he would alpha and then he'd get to the point where they 
only have like six or seven attacks. So it's like they literally can't make progress, even if they do, even if he fails all his tough checks. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah. And it's still got that kind of strange bedfellows like pseudo parry because everything's got jump. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> boing. And if you do manage to deal with all the cats, like Tiberian's still in, or not Tiberian, um, Malakarn's still in the list. Yeah. Yep. Malakarn's yeah. good. Turns out, and he, he, and he sure just prints things. value and then runs away. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a Malakarn right in front of me. Actually, I'm going to be painting him in like ten minutes. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Very nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that sounds fun. It. It sounds at least like. More yeah. fun to play than Strange Bedfellows ever looked to me. So at least yeah, at least they that. at least they don't have AD. Yeah, yeah. You could like you can turn one move up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and there's no true. tessellators in the list. Actually, that's very important. Yeah, I mean that that mm-hmm. like so that's kind of the thing is that one of the problems I always had with Strange Bedfellows is that you couldn't like if you went first against it, you couldn't really like run up to try to force it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you just couldn't. Whereas that list, it's like you could move far enough forward that like you're kind of threatening where they want to be to be relevant on scenario. Mm-hmm. It's still probably pretty brutal, though, because it's I mean, once you move up on scenario, you're like nine inches inside their threat range. But like. Yeah. There's some this, interaction there. <laughs> we can't stop here. This is cat country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also the other thing is that like jump is infinitely more playable around than really, really long flat threat ranges of flight and parry. Yeah. So like you can just say, no, you may not land here, actually. And this is not to say that this does not sound absolutely degenerate to play against, but <laughs> it's at least seems like maybe it's a little more interactive. Yeah. Uh, Although being more interactive than Strange Bedfellows is damning a faint it, praise. That is a, it's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. One, one, it's, one step. It's, uh, it's really cool to see this like innovation like this in Scorn yes. months, months after the update. Yes, I agree. That's yeah. cool mm-hmm. to see. This, this is what you want from a big update like that. Like there's just mm-hmm. tons of undiscovered country. Oh, yeah. I feel like Scorn, Scorn, like, for a lot of Mark III has kind of had that quality too. They've always kind of had these like interesting, weird lists, like kind of hiding. And yeah. it just takes a lot of iteration and a lot of practice and a lot of figuring things out to kind of find them. Yeah. Um, and they've they, always they, been an unpopular faction. So Yeah. As part of what I liked about playing them during the time I was playing, it was they, they just, you could get real weird with them and, and do some kind of interesting stuff. And they've only really gotten better since. So uh yeah well aside from the absurdity of the old rusheth list but... yeah i was gonna say the 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 fact that you can no longer play the old rusheth list because the the models yeah, the, aren't in the same theme the absurd, anymore the absurd top end maybe got shaved off a little bit faction <laughs> in general got a lot better so <clears throat> um yeah good times yeah i think that sounds really fun uh man i kind of want to just like paint my jalam for no reason now but i'm too busy painting <laughs> plates on nights uh, <laughs> my fault i'll take life, it Anyway. I experience the pain. You must experience the pain too. Oh, my oh. pain's not nearly as bad because I spend like a tenth the time you do on these things. So. Uh, I thought you meant yeah. household nights. I'm, oh I'm no! Sad. Oh no! Household nights that uh, I've actually mostly painted those. Nice. They're, mostly, they're pretty much done. Anyway, oh, he's painting uh, chaos nights because they're the coolest. Chaos nights. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, all right. There's something to talk about today. Oh and boy! It's not news. It's not news we made. <laughs> uh. Accurate, actually. Accurate. All right. Yeah. So recently, uh, especially in case anybody didn't notice, because this was kind <laughs> of an interesting thing, but 
Uh, Privateer Press posted up a uh, Kickstarter for Riot Quest, the board game edition, which kind of seemed like a, I don't want to say a follow-up, but kind of a, a similar sort of thing to the Monster Apocalypse that they had done a while back, but there's some some key differences mm-hmm. that we'll talk about like, a little bit. But uh, Riot Quest is kind of already a board game? Uh, that's one of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was posted up as a... Um, Kind of, yeah, a board game sort of all-in-one version of Riot, because Riot Quest as it is is kind of something you bought like your starter for and then sort of like piecemeal picked up models for. Whereas it kind of seemed like this was intended to be more of like a, like, hey, get this, and you've got like just a whole bunch, right? Everything kind of packed into one big So place. let's actually talk about what the specific contents were, because it's a yes, huge part it of the discussion. Yep, it is and, relevant. And I think that it's worth, you know, discussing. This is part of the reason we're talking about it today specifically so it's it is going well it was going to be you would get for each of iris four des gubbin dreyfus black bella one balthazar boomhowler two gorman two harlow widget the terrorizer and james four of each of those models also Oh, sorry, go ahead. All of those are characters. All of those are <laughs> characters that already exist and have already been like sold in Riot Quest. And most of this is actually just the original starter box. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of these are not even like they're not even really new Riot Quest models. They're like pretty old ones. Most of them. The they're newest very... one is the Terrorizer, which came out at least three mm-hmm. years ago. Well, I imagine all ago. the rest of them are in stretch goals. Yeah, probably. It also comes with 42 dice, which I actually was kind of interested in. Strike yeah, if you don't already play like, I mean, if you don't already play both like Monpok and Warcaster, I have so many freaking strike dice. <laughs> yeah, drowning in them. Anyway, it, so that's yeah. what it was going to be, and that's really important. Oh, and it yeah. also came well, with like an original map game board. Yeah, there One? were well, and there. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, there were okay. tokens. There were just so many hero cards, like a hero card for every one of those models. So four copies of all the cards for them, mm-hmm. uh, four copies of all of the riot gear cards, treasure deck, bounty deck, rule book, uh, all that stuff. This is the smallest purchase. Uh, uh no, I, the smallest. Well, purchase. No. So the other thing that it had is um, it had a new little mini bundle of things called the pests expansion, which are like basically riot gear but they have minis and it came with four each of little argus boy or a little devil rat or a little ferox or a little half jack or a little skig thing yeah well or a little well frog. as a product i find these kind of silly they're very cute they're very cute mm-hmm. so that's the smallest thing you could buy um that was hold on let's look at the pledges so the best expansion by itself was 25 the $99 would get you that core box, which was all of those quadruplets that we just talked about. And $119 would get you the combo deal, so you'd get $5 knocked off the Pests expansion as if you wanted as well. And then, uh, yeah, that was the highest. And there was a retailer reservation. There was a retailer reservation, yeah. Okay. So that's that's how the Kickstarter was structured. And that's really important to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, as of today that we're recording this, which is the 31st of March, uh, they canceled the Kickstarter. And we're going to kind of deconstruct why we think that happened and some of the problems that there were with it. And um, yeah, that's kind of... Right. Well, let's start with the nice things we have to say. Sure. So what 
What did we like about the Monpot Kickstarter, the one that did work? Well, you know, it was actually kind of simple. Well, no, that's not true. All right. So what we liked about the one that worked is that it was an extremely good value in that I think, what, $300 got you pretty much every Monpok model ever made. Yeah, uh, including for, lots of the little tiny units. Yes, lots of little cool. tiny units. Yeah, I mean, this, this got called out for how extreme its value was many times. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous how cheap the game was buying into it this way. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I just want to point out the critical difference here. That was $300 for one of all the, like, like, like one person's worth of stuff. Yes. And well, I mean, like you could easily play with as many people as you wanted. But yeah, it was like, I own everything now. Right. Well, uh, like, like, sorry, like one person would want to buy. Oh, yes. $300 worth mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it had stuff like like it, it had uh, multiple packs of the dice that you needed and stuff like that. So like you would you'd be like, hey, I have the entire collection of the game and I can play for multiple people like mm-hmm. it's a, a pretty, pretty big, pretty thorough setup that was like the real all in one. This is everything you need to basically yes. like be caught up with this game. Yeah. And uh, and thing. the other thing I want us to say is that I want to clarify that we aren't against like the board game style and miniatures. We're not oh, yeah. talking no, about no, no, we're no. not we're not saying that like this is inferior stuff like yeah well and so that's that's the thing is because even what you kind of mentioned that like well right quest is like kind of already board game well so is monster apocalypse right like it already kind of is structured in that sense uh why do you think so it's i don't know it's that same kind of i I think maybe it's just the the fact that it's got sort of like the specialized little game mat um it's it's similar in kind of how that ends up like feeling well actually i'll take that a step further it's because it has a grid system <laughs> yeah, I mean right, that's, that's a, definitely a part of it. Yeah, like that, that to me, like that's the, one of the primary differentiators between this is a war game and this is a board game. Is do you have a grid system? Yes, no. <laughs> cough judgment. Cough. <laughs> oh gosh, I wasn't even gonna go there, but okay. <laughs> I went there. You went there. Uh, oh, so you're saying I'm not gonna get you to play a text Maybe I'll get you to play as a board game. I mean, I don't mind playing board games. They're fun. Yeah, right? yeah I love. Board I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't yeah. think it's a war game if it's if it's on hexes or grids or something. And now we're getting into the video game genre. Name yeah, this too. is kind of yeah, it's kind of like yeah. somewhat arbitrary definitions. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sorry. Um, so it, well, it's kind of... no, I, I mean, I think it is relevant, though, because it's just a sense of feeling. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's going to feel a little different. Like to me, it kind of like Monpak has a very board game feel to it. And so okay. does Riot Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I did like that they were going to be pre-assembled models. I think that's really important. I did like that they mm-hmm. were going to give you all the things that you needed to play with all the people that can play the game. Because, you know, being able to play like that many dice out of the box, all the tokens and coolers you need, all the like loot go- oh, well, cards. We're back to the right quest now. Yeah, now I'm, I'm, we're talking about things we liked, right? That's another thing that Monpak yeah. had, though, is it had all the things you need to play the game. Like this yep. does, mm-hmm. you know, 42 dice, all the tokens, all of the like the loot cards and the treasure deck and the bounty deck and all that stuff. Um, so I think those were all really positive elements of the thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also think the pests thing is really unique in terms of like war machines or privateer press so it, models. Yeah. It's a, it's a silly style that's like cute and cute versions of the stuff rather than like sexy versions or future mm-hmm. versions. Right. Yeah, yeah. This feels very um, kid friendly, which I think is probably yeah. important because I think most war machine players are heading into the demographic where they're going to have those now or soon. All right. Something just occurred to me. Imagine mm-hmm. Chromac two with 11 R guy. 
Uh-huh. But it's these little guys. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. okay, counterpoint. That'd that be the fer- cutest army ever created. That Ferox <laughs> list we just talked about with nothing but, but all Ferox. the Ferox kit? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm into it. Yeah. I, I really wish that these had all been mini crates. Uh, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah maybe. Like, like the, I think they would make superior mini crates to many of the ones that have come out. All right, I'll, I'll believe I'll, I'll, I'll go in for that. But it would have been nice to get like four of them for one mini crate price because they don't look like they're going to be that big. But if you just took that Argus pup and scaled it up to the size of an Argus and sold that as a mini crate, like take my money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't. I don't know how small they are. Yeah, that's. True. I think they're, they're pretty tiny. Okay, I'm not sure. There, though. there is no I, I, like scale grid. Yeah, there's anywhere. no scale. Yeah. Yikes! You're selling something you don't not showing the actual scale of what you're selling. I'm trying to see uh, if there the is board like doesn't have anything. The model renders don't have anything. They don't no. have real versions, of course. Nope, nope, no scale. So they can Yikes. be as big as a 30 mil model, as big as a 50 mil model, as small as like a as a half jack is in the game. I mean, okay, let's assume they're all half jack size because there is a half jack, right? Yeah, half jacks yeah. are pretty small. Oh, okay. See, I thought the Argus would be like fill up a 40 millimeter base. No, um, it's I, I don't know. I, I really have no way to know. It'd be cool yeah. if he did. I'd be into that. That'd be yeah. that'd be great. Uh, but the thing that's kind of funny with yeah with the past expansion, like you get four of each of them as well, which is just kind of an interesting thing across this whole thing. Is I I am kind of baffled by this. Well, these kind of make sense so because awkward. they're actually gear, right? Yes. No. Yeah. Those those do. I, this is more kind of going back to like the four of sure. of, of everything yeah. in general. It's very strange to me. Yeah, um, this is definitely not a positive thing. But no, are, we, are we out of posi- are we out of positive things to talk about? Uh, the price point's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, price yeah. point is good. I think, I think I think the price point is secretly a problem. Like how much you're getting for that price point. Like they couldn't go any smaller. Oh yeah, that's probably true. I see what you're saying because like the Monpok baseline like, thing was a bit more expensive, but you got like a zillion more things, right? Like if if I was designing it, I'm like, okay, I want to do a quarter of each of these orders, but you're not gonna do a Kickstarter for six dollars and twenty five dollars, right? Like, like yeah, shipping is yeah. going to be more than the cost of the models. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's a huge inherent flaw with what they're producing here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So let's talk about the four of each thing. Because this is where things start to get strange and not good. Yep. Um, okay, so one of the big things with Riot Quest and part of what I think helped it, like, Riot Quest had a really weird perception when it was originally announced, right? It was, it, I feel like everybody was kind of like, what? <laughs> and, uh, but the big thing was that within the War Machine community specifically was that every model in it was a character model in War Machine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And had War Machine rules. Now I understand some people are upset about that as well, but and a lot of them topic. were interesting takes on characters we already liked. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of them were interesting takes, and they they tended to have like some kind of really interesting rules, even within War Machine, like that were a little bit unique. Uh, they played around with a lot of really interesting ideas. It had some problems, like I could, you know, if we want to talk about the history of Riot Quest, like it's it's got ups and downs. Riot but, Quest. But, yeah 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 it started down (laughs) yes um but uh it we uh it was able to kind of like gain its initial footing partly off the back of the fact that like it there was an aspect of the models for it it had that that uh carryover 
right? So mm-hmm. it was at least able to generate some basis of sales. And then it was, I mean, this is the reason I ended up playing it sometimes. I was like, well, I have a bunch of Riot Quest models. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll play a game, right? And it was really easy to do. And you go, oh, I could pick up a little more of this because it actually is fun. And it's the only Privateer Press game that's shorter than War Machine. Yeah, You're it's quick. not yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Mom um, shorter, but yeah, Mompok is shorter. Um, yeah. Now, this there's two this causes two problems. <laughs> One of them is that, as I mentioned, these models are pretty old. They've been around for quite a while. And so that war machine basis of, of like players that you're going to get who wanted to buy those, they did that. Yep. Ye- years ago, <laughs> most of them. And so this was nearly incapable of selling to the war machine community that has existed unless you were fairly new or just had kind of not gotten in on this in a very long time. Well, and how recent was wintertime wonderland? Didn't yeah. like that stuff just arrived. Uh, yeah. Chili con carnage stuff delivered like two months ago or a month ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like the people who the war machine players who wanted those models just had them delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they were available in that. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is that that aspect of, hey, these are usable in War Machine has way less value due to the fact that these were done in in quadruples. Mm -hmm. These are all models you can use one of Mm -hmm. in War Machine, meaning that the extra three in that extra sense are worthless to you, right? Mm -hmm. The only function that they have is to be more like models for riot quest if you have like four people playing using only your stuff Mm -hmm. you can both use a lot of the same models which is kind of bizarre to me yeah that doesn't actually improve the game experience yeah so like i look at this and it's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve models right so Mm -hmm. 48 figures that come in this there are a ton of other Riot Quest models. There are tons of them. Yeah, I think there's like that you could 50 or 60. From. Well, I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing is like, why did we not just get like either two of 24 things or just one of everything? Yeah, increase the price a little bit if you want. I don't care. Like, like just you need to make it so like this is actually like a true value thing of like, hey, this kind of get because this is the thing is that there's a ton of Riot Quest models I don't have. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're not for factions I played or whatever. And so if it was like, hey, if I wanted to get on Riot Quest, like I could get this kind of one of everything. But I already have like most of these. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like just from one thing or another. And so it's just it's not like it's not a solid value, really. So so I guarantee by the time the Kickstarter was done, all 48 of them, yeah, if we get four copies of all 48. Um, somehow. And but the problem is those would be stretch goals and the the target number was so high. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about that target number for a second, because it's really important too. Um, most warm or most sorry, privateer press Kickstarters have a target number of about 40,000. This one had a target number of 100,000, which I can definitely like I know why it was that high, because this is a plastic produced kit that they have to probably order a thousand million copies of from China for these models because they're going to be pre-assembled on plastic that's like you know not a thing that they normally work with Um, so that you know in order to afford it their minimum print run had to be humongous 
Um, but that's a big problem because if we look back at their previous Kickstarters, the the average like buy-in price, I guess you'd say, was somewhere in the like two hundred to three hundred dollar range. If you look at like uh, Warcaster, you could get all the models for the Kickstarter for your faction for like four hundred bucks, but you could also get like a baseline thing for a hundred or so. And people mm-hmm. tended to buy one or the other, and you average around two hundred, right? That lets you get to your backing target with like 500 backers, which is not that hard. Um, if, if you're going for like a hundred thousand and they, the, they weren't even going for that much. They were going for like 40 to 60, somewhere in that range. So it's even a lower number. Uh, this one, the most expensive thing you could buy was $120. So that means that you need about a thousand people to back this minimum at max pledge you know, amount, um, which if we look at their history of Kickstarters, the Riot Quest Kickstarters started at about 1400, dropped to about 900 on the second one. And then we obviously only, we got 364 on this one before it was canceled. So like, that's the other thing is the price point plus what was available for people to actually buy. Like if these had been $300 top end things and they'd had new stuff in them, this would probably already have funded just based off of like the number of backers we've got or be very, very close. But the combination of this price point for these things, plus that target goal meant that this was just really a hard sell yeah. in the first place. Well, and it, and even beyond that, there's the perception of it, right? Cause what this kind of, I understand that these are kind of like probably a separate cast type sculpt, right? Of a lot of these, like they're, mm-hmm. they're the same pose and whatnot, but they seem to be doing them in this like kind of other kind of like colored plastic and like stuff like that. And the problem is, is the perception of this. Those of us who have been around for a long time is like, so you just took kind of a bunch of models you already had bundled them together and are trying to like sell them, like trying to like kickstart this thing that already exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, why did it work for Monpok? It's exactly the same there. Yeah, there was well, one new model and it was only announced at the very end. Well, uh, I guess that means we have to talk about advertising then, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is fun. If you go look at the Kickstarter for Mompok, I was actually just scrolling through it. Go find the Mompok one and scroll down. Um, a little ways down, you'll find something really fascinating. And it's YouTube videos <laughs> of mm. a wide variety of different content creators from all over the world playing and reviewing Mompok. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Yeah, there's actually a ton of them. (laughs) Um, Hmm. There was an enormous amount of like videos pulled in and and put onto this Kickstarter. And this is the thing. When I see good Kickstarters, you see this consistently. Yeah, that's standard for these big sets of videos and and whatnot. Where where they've been like, hey, like here's people playing it and checking it out and, and what they think and whatnot. Yeah. And these now, are, they these were are not to... like content creators like us who reach like 10, 20,000 people. These are content creators who reach hundreds of thousands of people. A lot of them. Yeah. Some yeah. of them. Yeah. And people who aren't already private to press fans. That's yes. important too. Yes. Yeah. And uh, now Mompok had an interesting thing here because so one thing is that I mean, private press has been always kind of notoriously bad about having like any product before. <laughs> their stuff comes out mm-hmm. uh, to be able to actually preview. But Monpok's been around for a while, right? Yep. Yeah. And so they, they just send them the metal models. Yeah. Send them the metal models or they even use like uh, 
uh, in like some of these are just about uh, just the miniatures game normally, right? Like some of these, yeah. but a lot of it is about the board game and that, yeah, they're able to kind of like compile that. Unfortunately, you can't do that. No, wait, you absolutely could have done that with Riot Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's nothing. There's there's absolutely nothing here. And it would have been dead simple to do. Right. Well, like, and it goes further than that, and, even. And it's something yeah. that Mythic has done 100 times, right? Mm, Every yeah. Kickstarter they've ever done has all these. They've reached out to all these people before they have the connections. Right. Yeah. But it goes even deeper than that, because not only is there absolutely no media presence at all, like at all at all, um, it was so poorly advertised that when one of our moderators posted an announcement in our Discord that the Kickstarter had started, I was like about to start teaching and I was like, wait, there's a Kickstarter? Yeah, we, when did we, that happen? We didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And I pay freaking close attention. Yeah. <laughs> We are we are like thumb on pulse at all times whenever possible. And it's like, yeah, just like, I guess there was a Facebook post. Mm -hmm. So as best <laughs> I can I tell, <laughs> the advertising for this was one, a Facebook, Instagram and Twitter post two, some boosted Facebook ads um, to like hit customers that they weren't already hitting. And which which is the which is a good call. It is a good call. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, they're, they're just, it was very quiet. There wasn't really much. I, I was largely unaware of it until like very last minute. And why would they didn't talk about it a single time at Adepticon? Did they really not? Of course not. Wow. I saw some Orgoth models. That's cool. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay, so but but if they were doing a Kickstarter, like the natural logical thing to do would be to just have a ton of Riot Quest stuff and like banners for it at Adepticon, right? At a, at something like Adepticon of all things, you should be pushing that so hard. That's the purpose of things like that. Yeah, for like, retail. Freaking freaking Seocast was there. <laughs> they don't even make a game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's just. Oh, sorry. There is one YouTube video. It's Privateer Press's tutorial for Riot Quest. <laughs> found it uh wasn't that published like yes. two years ago okay <laughs> from a long time ago yeah cool just i noticed i found one video on here mm. yeah all right so well, like that's very yeah. different than like tom vassal river in your game <laughs> yeah so like this has virtually no community outreach this has virtually no uh advertising or promotion being done and pretty much no like the value is low specifically yeah. and people that already that that would have seen it because they don't need advertising to be reached because they're already part of your community yeah well and in a way and, that, and that's kind of and they were yeah, still good. expecting monpoc numbers right that's how that's how the numbers would have worked out if they had as many monpoc packers they would have they would have gotten the search goals no problem yeah absolutely. oh easily it's monpoc had 6400 backers yeah and 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 that's kind of the thing is to me it's i mean even the fact that it's been like well why did this work for one and not the other that's actually extremely relevant because these are so similar right in kind of mm -hmm. what's going on but there's there's these kind of clear differences and it's, and, it's just and that, i personally like one of the games better but that that has nothing to do with the success or failure of these two. yeah well i mean everybody's like well brett likes this game so <laughs> hop in no i, I just uh, want to say that, I, that that's not i'm not saying right no sucks it, and that's no, why for sure, I get you. but like what that means and it's actually really fascinating because it means you can i'm literally with two tabs right now looking at the riot quest one and the monopoc one and it's like mm -hmm. these are so similar and so different at the same time 
mm-hmm. you can you can compare them one to one and it's kind of fascinating right yeah like that that one it's, worked it's so a perfect well. a b test yeah and the other one just really didn't and it, it's kind of, one of those things where it's like you kind of see the headspace that got them into creating this one but like they kind of just made it look interesting like as you know in similar ways to how they kind of tried to make the monpak one look interesting and it just didn't work okay right? can it i didn't. can i talk about the retailer thing sure uh, yeah sure so first off this is asmodee's fault this isn't pp's fault um okay so one of the biggest problems with the kickstarter model of release is that retailers have no reason to stock your stuff mm-hmm. now again i want to reiterate the reason this is happening is because the U.S. has decided it's okay for a game company to wholly own the dominant distributor of games. That's a whole other thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is like this is basically the only way to beat them because they're just not going to stock your stuff. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> so, but because of the, the way Kickstarter works, retailers are like, why would I bother buying this game? By the mm-hmm. time I get it, Everyone who's excited about the game will have already bought it. And all I'm doing is wasting money and stocking my shelves and having to pay taxes on that and throwing them away. Mm-hmm. Um, this is even worse than this car Kickstarter, though, because people are going to take one look at the, the the way it goes and goes, oh, I need to find three friends and split out all the pieces among them. Yep. And basically turn into their own retailers. Well... And it's even worse than that because there's some number of Monpoc or not Monpoc, um, Riot Quest original starters floating around with five models in it selling for fifty dollars retail, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 like still on the shelves or something? Yeah, still on the shelves. Like there are definitely yeah. still core original Riot Quest boxes that are retailing for fifty. There's still like the Chili Con Carnage well, ones just yeah. barely came out, and they're retailing for fifty, and they got five models in them, right? Yeah, uh, well, so th- I mean, that's one thing. I know that this was a concern surrounding the Monpoc one as well, from like a retail perspective, is that there are stores that are stocking these models. Not anymore. And, and Private <laughs> Press brutally devalued them with the way that this Kickstarter works. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is it's a weird thing because it's like at the end of the day, the Monster Apocalypse was just like, boy, as a customer, was that really good, right? Yeah. For for anybody who who wanted that stuff. But it's it. I mean, it's furthering what we've kind of known for a long time to be this like problem that that Privateer Press has with their relationship with retailers, right? It's just another thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's weird because it's it, like, what do you do about this one? It's like this is kind of their best distribution platform now. Mm-hmm. It's the only one they're allowed them. to compete on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What are they supposed to do, right? And it's yeah. that's an awkward. That's a very awkward situation. Well, it's, and. It's Again, it's not their fault, but this is this contributes to it. Yeah. 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 Like it's a complicated thing. I think that's my thing. Is you do see like that that's one thing if 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 I want at least it's like something kind of positive for for privateer in this. It's that you do see a lot of people who get very upset about like privateer needs to fix their relationship with with retailers and it's like it it's it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, there there would be a ton of like a ton of things that they would have to like do up front in order to start that. And it would be all on them and it would be very, very hard. Yeah. They'd have to be their own distribution. Yeah. Well, and they, they have to do a lot of things that they would cost them a ton of money that they, maybe they just can't even afford to do. Like they would have to accept ridiculously low minimum orders for things 
uh, for free shipping. They would have to probably like do all the legwork to set up retailer accounts for all the stores that they've ever worked with. And then just be like, here's this account. If you just want to like make a password and fill in your, like your ordering information, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and make it so painless that it's literally like typing 10 or 15 characters and the process is done. But to do that on the scale that they would need to do that would take so much time, oh, yeah. and manpower and money. I know my, my local store that I've been going to for years, um, I had to be the one to inform them that they could set up like a retailer account with privateer. And even just that much was, they were just like, nah. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause <laughs> and it was like, only, you know, fair enough, the only, man. <laughs> like, the, the only people worse at it than privateer press are game stores. <laughs> yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a complicated issue and it's not something that they can just be like, Oh, we sent out the token of friendship to all the stores. Like it's it's complicated, and it's something that could take yeah. years or it, or potentially resources they just don't have to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it might literally be impossible. Yeah, and this is the thing. It, it's it's weird, and it's. I mean, this is kind of a whole other discussion about like, sort of how the concept of like local game stores and the modern market kind of actually works out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense, or doesn't it? or doesn't it's it's complicated and and like i've kind of been i think this is actually kind of an interesting discussion probably for another time but Mm -hmm. local game stores in general have gotten into an interesting position where you can't really just be a a store that provides space and go well i am now kind of like owed everybody to come here and and buy stuff from me now I understand the sentiment of like buy from your local game store if you want them to stay open. I'm I understand that. Like I I'm not trying to like devalue that these stores, if you want that place to play, need to be able to make money. But it's like the market has changed so yeah, much. You, you can't run a business on guilting your customers. You have to turn the places into more of an experience now. Something that they cannot get from an online store, right? Yeah. Um, and you can charge money for that. Is the thing. Like it just depends on how you handle it. Right. Um, like, yeah, it, yeah it, it's a lot more places are like integrating with places that sell food or mm-hmm. adding like or putting a lot more effort into their spaces to make them very unique and very different and interesting. It's just like, unfortunately, I mean, this is kind of actually the reality of all retail, right? Mm-hmm. Is that brick and mortar stores just can't keep up really anymore. Yeah. And you and and as the customer, you're kind of in this weird position of like, do I am I supposed to make fiscally bad decisions to support this place that's not competing? It's complicated. It's a weird situation, right? So I'm going to I'm going to live pitch a topic for like maybe next week or the week after that. We should pick <laughs> like 5 to 10 game stores that we've been to that crush this and talk about what makes them so good. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, and that's t- what I was saying. T- I, I think this is now, actually yeah. yeah, I think this is kind of a it's a complicated topic that the it's hard to like attack kind of properly as well without kind of sounding like an asshole, I think. But yeah, well, uh, I have the continent of Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've more or less run through the riot quest topic, but we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like what was going on with that for anybody who's confused or only has partial bits of information. Mm Um, and just kind of, yeah. What, what sort of happened with that? Cause it's, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, uh, like, juxtaposition to the to the mom pop it's one. an interesting juxtaposition it's an interesting weird little kind of like accidental experiment they did in a way mm-hmm. uh, that probably cost them some money and screwed them over but 
from our perspective, it's interesting to be able to put those next to each other and go, okay, what worked here? What did not work here? And what can they learn from that? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank God they didn't let it go to completion. Like if a Kickstarter fails, yeah. I guess I think your business is just over. Oh yeah. Like backer tracker this morning when I looked at it, it was projecting even their highest possible outcome would still be like 15 grand under funding. So they were trending to like in the 40 to $50,000 range and probably going to go below that too. Yep. It's the same, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Good times. In the meantime, I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You guys are all absolutely amazing. If you want to check it out, it's patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. Get easy access to the War Machine cast, or easy? Early access to the War Machine cast. Uh, I mean, it's easy now, too, because I made it into its own RSS feed where you get both at the same time. Oh, very nice. I was about to say, it's actually probably slightly harder because you have to go to like a different website. Nope, but, I made, yeah, it yeah, I made it easier. <laughs> there we go. Uh, early access to the... Uh, um, War Machine podcast every week, as well as any number of other really awesome little benefits you can check out on there. Things like being able to vote on uh, one of our monthly topics, which if you listen to the Wives of War Machine cast that we did, mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, we'll be live at this point. Um, I think that was a really cool one. And that's not something we would have done without the patrons noting no, it. It was not, like, not an interesting idea. I never would have thought to do that. Uh, it was super cool. Uh, a lot of really awesome stuff like that, uh, as well as fun color and special channel in our Discord, stuff like that. If you want to check out our Discord, you can go to our website, which is loswarmachine.com. Our show notes there, you'll be able to see a link to our Discord. You can also, if you just message us or something, we'll send you a link. We're happy to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can come join our Discord, where we've got a lot of really awesome conversation going on there all the time. Uh, our website has all the different podcasts that we mentioned in the intro and more at this point. Cause we keep adding them and not re-recording the thing, because that would get involved. Yeah, and, yeah, it would. Uh, yeah, and, um, and you can find us on Facebook at Line of Sight. Give us a like on there. You can shoot any of us a message. We're generally fairly friendly. That's all I got. Woo-hoo. See you all next time. Bye.